Warning, this podcast contains death, ghosts, hauntings, and other paranormal phenomenon. Viewer discretion is advised. Spots, the newest Badminton Studios production. I am J.M. Sutton. And I'm Ben Jackson, and we will be your hosts on this journey to spooky places all around the world. And it will be anything from creepy hotels to haunted forests. And a few scary extras along the way. But before we get to all that, we should tell people just where exactly we stand on the whole paranormal thing, don't you think? I think we should. I mean, it's important to know where we stand and kind of the dynamic of why we're co-hosting each other yes we need to be transparent on this matter yes pun was intended wasn't it no it wasn't but we can go with that (laughs) Woo! all right you go first all right i think there's something to paranormal activity i wouldn't go as far as saying that i think it's dead people though i'm open to it but i believe the universe has a lot of unexplained things and a lot of these unexplained things have been recorded across many cultures so it's hard for me to refute the fact that paranormal stuff exists because it has been reported by so many people. Yeah, I definitely fall under like the same category. I'm not saying exactly that I believe in all this stuff, but in like it could be, it could happen. I mean, there's no no saying that it's not happening and all that stuff. But you're a little more skeptical than I, I am. I am more skeptical than you are. Like I'm, I- I'm a little more open to believing and falling in love with the narrative and like thinking about like all the relationships it I has. mean I love the I love the narrative don't get me wrong I do love the narrative I, I respect the belief more than I actually believe if that makes sense that, that does make sense okay now we can get back to the actual episode okay now that you know our stance on the paranormal let's get into this week's topic the Stanley Hotel in Colorado oh the Stanley Hotel that's the real life hotel that inspired the Overlook Hotel in the Stephen King novel, The Shining. Yes, that's Stanley Hotel. Well, is it as haunted as the book says it is? Well, um, the books make it seem very violent, but um, in real life it isn't quite as so, although it does have activity. So what exactly happened at this hotel that inspired Stephen King to write his famous novel? Well, the story goes he was staying in room 217, which is a very notorious room in the hotel. Um, and it was haunted by a woman named Miss Wilson. She was the housekeeper, and it said she was a survivor of an explosion that happened in that room. And that's why she haunts it. So did he actually, like, see her haunting the room while he stayed in the room? No, but staying in her room may have caused the nightmare that inspired him to write the story. Ooh, what kind of nightmare was that? What he dreamed was a parent's worst nightmare. He saw his son alone being chased by something in the hotel. Oh, that's scary at any age. Yeah, but when he awoke from the dream, he felt inspired to write The Shining. Have any other famous people stayed at this hotel? Jim Carrey, but when he stayed in room 217, he had experienced something a little more scary than what Stephen King experienced, but it's so scary he hasn't even like talked about it. Like I looked everywhere online for something about his experience and he just has not talked about it oh that does sound very scary and the room does sound very haunted yes now this is a massive hotel i'm sure there are more haunted rooms than just room 217 
Two rooms on the fourth floor have reported hauntings, but there are more than just guest rooms with ghosts. All right, I'm curious. Um, what more do we? Can you tell me about the fourth floor? Well, the fourth floor was where a lot of the families and the staff stayed during the olden days of the hotel. The two rooms in question that are most haunted are rooms 401 and 428. Well, what kind of hauntings happen in these rooms? Well, in room 428, you will hear a lot of footsteps and moving of furniture, and you're likely to wake up to a cowboy sitting at the foot of your bed. Okay, random cowboy at the end of your bed. That's a little creepy. Well, he's not a bad cowboy. He's apparently very friendly, according to the website. Well, we didn't really come here to talk about the friendly ghosts. We came here to talk about the more unfriendly ghosts. Well, there is one ghost in the concert hall that is more forceful than the other ghosts. If you find yourself being nudged or hear the words get out, you're probably dealing with Paul. But the only reason he does a lot of nudging and telling people to get out is because he was an employee at the hotel and part of his job was to make sure people weren't around the hotel after 11. So when you hear him say get out or nudging you, he's saying, it's curfew, go to your room. All right, well, is there anyone else in the concert hall? Actually, another ghost that haunts the concert hall is the wife of Mr. Stanley, Flora Stanley. She's known to play the piano in the concert hall because she was a very avid piano player in life. Her death was due to a stroke and she had died before her husband. And another ghost in the concert hall is a ghost named Lucy, but not much is known about her background. Well, you're talking about uh, Mrs. Stanley, the wife of the founder of the hotel. But what about Mr. Stanley, the actual founder of the hotel? Well, Mr. Stanley is actually quite famous, not only for the hotel, but for some of his inventions that he invented with his twin brother. The first notable invention was their photographic dry plate technique, which got bought up by Kodak. And the other invention that they built, and is probably the more well-known, was a steam car deemed the Stanley Steamer. Oh, he sounds like a very accomplished individual. Um, does he, by any chance, haunt this hotel? He does haunt the hotel. His apparition is mostly seen in his favorite room, the billiard room. Oh, so he's always playing pool, haunting, playing pool. Is he the reason why no one can win a game of pool at the Stanley Hotel? I cannot confirm or deny that. Well, there seems to be a lot of spirits here. Is there a reason for that? Well, there's two possibilities. The hotel has an underground cavern made of quartz and limestone, which a lot of ghost hunters say holds the energy in place. The second is the more famous stairwell, which is believed to be a spiritual vortex. So when was the stairway built? It's the main stairwell of the hotel, so it was probably built at the same time the hotel was. The hotel itself was built by Freeland Stanley, who is Mr. Stanley, and his wife, Flora, who we talked about previously. Before the hotel was built, Mr. Stanley came to Colorado to ease his symptoms of consumption. Luckily for him, it worked. Each visit to Colorado, he missed his home in the east, so he bought the property in Colorado built the hotel so he could bring the East to Colorado. The hotel and its staircase opened in 1909, and it remains open today. Well, that's a long time for a hotel to be open. Oh, yeah. It's been open for a while. Actually, in the 70s, when Stephen King visited the hotel, it was almost going to close. Oh, really? Yeah, but then he made his book, and it like revitalized everything. Oh, wow. So it's pretty much the more the fiction aspect of the, hot of the hotel making it more popular than the more mm -hmm. real hauntedness of the hotel. Yeah. Well, I 
mean, it's a good haunt story, and I'm pretty sure in recent decades it's become because of the haunting too. Because when I I remember when I was reading stuff, they talked about the haunting just as much as they did Stephen King. But if it weren't for that book, they wouldn't have gotten to the storytelling of their hauntings. Right. Although, do we want to go to our haunted extra that we got prepared? Oh today? yes, I have the, my our extra prepared today, um, and we will. Talk about that, but first I would like to talk to you today about Patreon. So Jess, what do you want to tell our listeners about the Badminton Studios Patreon page? Well, we have a lot of things to offer our Patreons who follow us on our page. Um, We have this Patreon page set up for all badminton shows, so you'll get a variety of things from this podcast, Haunt Spots, as well as others such as the White Noise Podcast and Half-Assed IQ. If you join our One Buck Club, you'll be supporting Badminton Studios, and we will thank you in an upcoming episode of one of our podcasts, and you will have access to our monthly newsletter, The Bite. If you join our Three Buck Club, you will get everything from the first tier, and you will be able to have access to the Haunt Spot blooper reels, with the added bonus of a personalized digital postcard from us. If you join our Five Buck Club, You will receive all rewards from our first and third tiers and get access to special director's commentary from the White Noise podcast. At our 10 Buck Club, you will receive the rewards from one through five tiers and Ben Jackson will write you a personalized haiku. And if you support our $15 club, you will receive rewards from all our previous clubs and you will receive access to a monthly live stream with J.M. Sutton and myself. So what are you waiting for? subscribe on patreon today yeah i mean all it really takes is a dollar i mean that's not really a lot that's like a candy bar and you get access to the newsletter which is like a gem for like a one dollar level yeah it explains everything we're currently doing for that month like cons we go to um just like contests we might have going on at that given point um exclusive monthly haikus character profiles all sorts of stuff so go to patreon.com slash badmintstudios to support us today. We'll be waiting. So this is what we call our haunted extra. This is going to be for our more smaller hauntings or more your haunted objects or maybe even a haunted street or something like that. That's not really worth a whole like episode. big episode, but a more small bit. We'll do it like after the or we're going to do it after the episode. More of like a dessert or a dinner mint or a thank you for coming. Here's a little extra for you. So in keeping with the themes of hauntings that inspired movies, I thought we could talk about a doll that was the inspiration for a movie that has come out just this year. Oh, are we talking about Annabelle? Yes. With the recent release of Annabelle Creation, I thought it would be fun to talk about the real doll herself. So have you seen any of the Annabelle movies? I will be honest, I have not. Have you? I saw The Conjuring, but that's about it. Okay. Well, regardless, we're telling the real story, so it doesn't really matter if we've seen the real movie or not. Okay, for starters, we need to give you and the listeners a proper visual. Obviously, the doll you see in the movie is not the true depiction of Annabelle. Agreed. That doll was definitely make-uped up to look creepy for the moviegoers. Yes, the true doll is actually less creepy than what is depicted on screen. Or actually, technically, you could say it's even more creepy depending on how you look at it. What do you mean? Well, the real Annabelle doll is actually a Raggedy Ann doll, 
one half of the famous Raggedy Ann and Andy dolls, which is one of the most iconic dolls in the world. You know, I used to have a Raggedy Ann doll. Oh, what did you think of it? Well, I got it from my mother, so it was kind of just around the house. I, If I looked really hard enough, I could find it. I think we had Andy, too. We also had the books. Yeah, they usually come in pairs. Yeah, and I remember playing with their feet a lot. Like, I was very enthralled by the stripes in their feet. Okay. Yeah, So because, I mean, like, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I just liked it. I mean, I, this is me as four. Come Would, on. Like, uh, a four-year-old does weird stuff. That's true. Well, I will ask you this. Does the four-year-old you think Raggedy Ann is creepy? I didn't think it was creepy. I just thought it looked like a scarecrow. Yeah, they kind of do look like scarecrows, the two of them. Yeah. But they're neat. I actually thought their stories were cute. They were kind of like nice, homey, like, hi, we're we're going to teach your kid how to be polite and nice to other people. I will admit, I, I don't really think I know any of the Raggedy Ann or Andy stories, if there are, are any, like, published or... I don't even think we had them here at the house. I, I don't remember the plots, but I remember it was a lot of them helping other toys out. Yep. And not being creepy at all. <laughs> so, what about this particular Raggedy Ann doll? Is it creepy? Well, I'm pretty sure it's creepy because it's the Annabelle doll, but, like, why is it creepy? Well, this particular Raggedy Ann doll was purchased in 1970 by the mother of a woman named Donna and was given to her as a birthday present. Okay, why would her mom buy her a doll? My mom bought me a crockpot when I went to college. Well, from what I understand, Donna was an avid doll collector, and she kept this doll in the apartment she shared with her fellow nursing student, Angie. It was there that it is believed that the doll became possessed by the spirit of a dead girl named Annabelle Higgins, who was said to have died in the field that the apartment was built over. Okay, I can understand the... um the the doll collecting thing but how did they find out about um who possessed her well what had happened was the girls would often come home to find that the doll would be found in a different place than the one it had been when they had left in the morning they were also finding messages around the house that read help me or help lou who's lou well lou was donna's friend and angie's fiance at the time and apparently Annabelle didn't like him, and apparently she made her dislike known. On one occasion, he claimed he woke up one night and found himself unable to move. He then looked down at the foot of the bed and saw the doll was watching him. It then began to crawl up to the top and then strangle him until he lost consciousness. Okay, so that's a little creepy. In the end, the doll was confiscated by paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren, and Annabelle currently resides in the New England Paranormal Research Center. That's the place where the Warrens store all their um, haunted objects and stuff, right? Yes, it is said that the Paranormal Research Center houses over a hundred items that are possessed or haunted. Well, that means the New England Paranormal Research Center can be a great source for future haunted objects. But that's all the time we have for today. Yep, tune in next week where we talk about St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. Until then, that which wishes to follow must stay behind. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Haunt Spots. Haunt Spots is a Badminton Studios production. Haunt Spots was written by me, J.M. Sutton. And by me, Ben Jackson. And our theme song is by Michael Doe. If you have a haunted story that you would like to share with us, please email your story and account to us at badmintonstudios at gmail.com.
Also, all our resources are located in the show notes. Thanks for listening.